Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. And welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. As footballing it up, guys, I was sportsing it up. I like it. I appreciate that. Giving yeah, a little, yeah. giving a little, giving a little sporty stink this week. Omaha, Omaha, Geek Buddies, go! Yeah, I like it. I, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Well, welcome to our show this week, our uh, our flagship show here at the Geek Buddies, and we're going to be talking about so many things here on the show, including all the Super Bowl trailers. We are coming to you a day early or a couple of days early because we've got other content coming on later on in the week, but we wanted to jump on these Super Bowl trailers as quickly as possible. We're going to talk about Nope, we're going to talk about the Rings of Power, we'll talk about that Moon Knight 32nd spot, and our main topic will be the Doctor Strange multiverse in the Multiverse Ooh. of Madness trailer. So much to talk about. For those of you who've been uh, enjoying us and coming back every week, thank you very much. For those of you who are new, this is how it works. Each of us brings up a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves and get into our main topic. And let's introduce ourselves right now. I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. Mike. I am Michael Hogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shan. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Silicon Valley, and the Goldbergs. That's right. And we are powered and sponsored by the great folks over there at Carbon Health, www.carbonhealth.com. They're incredible people. They, they have 90 clinics in 14 states, virtual care in 24 states. They believe that everyone deserves good health. And look, we're changing seasons. Things start to happen to bodies when you change seasons. When you go into multiverses, things start to go jigsawing on your face. You start to fall apart. <laughs> Multiple people show up. Before any of that happens, you want to handle your business, handle your body. Go to CarbonHealth.com and see if they can help you out today with anything you're going on. And sometimes they have day of appointments available for you. And you know that's difficult nowadays to get in and see the doctor day of. So Go and take a look at them. They believe everyone deserves good health care. they got three pillars of foundational health care that they have in their program to help you uh, 
uh, get back on your feet today or get tested for COVID or get tested if you're going overseas for COVID. So they got all of that available to you today. Um, all right, uh, let's get into things. Who is first? Who's got the first trailer? Well, we're not doing the trailer. We're not doing the trailer. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Right. I apologize. (laughs) I'm so caught up in getting the carbon health thing right. I forgot. Hey, hey, carbon health. Hey, carbon health. We have a problem. Before we start this show, John Roca tells us the rundown for the show. And we are at about three minutes into the show, and he's forgotten. Hey, carbon health. What can you do for John Roca? Yeah. I think the outlaw needs some help. Memory exercises. I mean, I do crossword puzzles all day. I think my (laughs) my, uh, mental acuity would be better, but who knows? Anyway, let's jump into a little bit of sad news. Well, sad news for sure, but um, uh, also a bit of a tribute here to the legacy of the late, great Ivan Reitman. We lost him a couple of days ago on February 12th. Uh, He died in his sleep in Montecito, California. He was only 75 years old. I say only because people are living much longer nowadays. And so it's a sad uh, situation when someone who is so talented, who's left such an incredible legacy of movies, passes away we recently got to kind of get reacquainted with him through his son with that ghostbusters afterlife press tour seeing him go out there as an executive producer on the film with his son be interviewed with his son and talk about the legacy of the ghostbusters but that wasn't the only uh great film he'd done certainly twins kindergarten cop dave a number of films plus producing a number of great films michael what a loss here. I, I feel like you're an Ivan Reitman creation, in my opinion. You know, you just kind of see the betterment <laughs> of the world. You want to see the world through Ivan Reitman's eyes. Uh, what was it like to hear the news? And what's your what's your memories or thoughts when you think about Ivan Reitman? Well, I'm with you on the 75. As, as The older we get, the more 75 starts to sound not as old as <laughs> yeah, um, it used to. And it, it, right. it makes me a little it makes me a little nervous. But first of all, thank you very much. It's a lovely compliment, because I think that what when we think of Ivan Reitman, we think of a comedy director, and yeah. he's absolutely that. But I think what made Ivan Reitman so great was the heart that he brought to his comedy while still being really genuinely funny. Um, I mean, you know, you just go through the movies that you listed, and each one of those uh, has some really, really funny moments, but it's yeah. also really, really sweet underneath. And I think that that's something that in a lot of times when people are trying to make really, really funny movies today, they forget that how important that is. And I think with Ghostbusters, uh, and I think we saw this in the reboot, um, despite me not thinking everything about the reboot was exactly right, you can't say that that last 15 minutes of that movie didn't have a hell of a lot of heart. And I think that um, even the original Ghostbusters, as much as we all think of it as a ridiculously funny movie, it has genuinely sweet moments. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's what Ivan Reitman really brought to all of the movies that he did uh, throughout his career. And I think that's what's going to be really missed because I think there's, and look, there's, we talk about this all the time. There's definitely directors out there that are inheriting that mantle. I mean, Lord and Miller come to mind as a, as a team that absolutely kind of follows in that Ivan Reitman uh, path of like, we can be really, really, really funny, but also have you have uh, hit you in the feels. Um, but he, he was the one who sort of defined that for an entire generation. Yeah. And listen, I mean, it's a little bit under 20 films. Yeah. He's listed with 25 credits, but some of those are behind the scenes stuff or music videos. I mean, 20 films, uh, Shannon of varying degrees of good to great to kind of not so great, but certainly memorable. I mean, meatballs, stripes, ghostbusters, legal Eagles, which is a quiet favorite of mine from the eighties twins, ghostbuster Two, kindergarten cop, Dave junior, Father's Day, Six Days, Seven Nights, a damn good and underappreciated film, Evolution. 
my super ex-girlfriend, no strings attached, and draft day. And he had triplets and Summer of Love in production. He was going to do a sequel to Twins called Triplets. So when you think about all of his work overall, I mean, what, what thoughts come to your mind? What are your feelings about Ivan Reitman and his effect on your life as a film goer? Well, I mean, obviously Ghostbusters is where I, I sort of discovered him. And, you know, when Ghostbusters came out, as as we've discussed before, I grew up in a very uh, conservative household. So I was not watching Meatballs or Stripes. Um, but Ivan Reitman is the guy who showed Hollywood that Arnold Schwarzenegger could be funny. I mean, yeah. that was the first time yeah. th that we found out that not only could he be funny, not only could he land a joke, um, but he could also play um, really interesting shades of vulnerability. Mm. Um, that was another thing that, you know, you didn't get that from, you didn't get that from Arnold Schwarzenegger, the tough guy. I mean, you, you had some moments in Conan, but for the most part, you know, we talked about how certain actors, um, there are directors that can get more out of those actors than normal directors can. And Ivan Reitman is a guy who was able to, to pull that out of Arnold Schwarzenegger to the point that Arnold Schwarzenegger went on to make a bunch of comedies, two more with Ivan Reitman. I mean, Kindergarten yeah. Cop is still a very, very funny movie. Yeah. Junior, ah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but two out of three for their pairing, I mean, it's fantastic. So finding out that, you know, Ivan Reitman was able to pass this uh, filmmaking legacy on to his son. And Jason Reitman, along with Ghostbusters, has made some really, really great movies where you see shades of his father, but he's also taking his career in its own direction. And yeah, I mean, that the one of the most recent, the movies that made us, they talked about Ghostbusters and Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd were on there together. And that was a really... That was a really great, um, not really a reunion, because I guess they would talk once a week, according to Dan Aykroyd's uh, post. Yeah. Um, but just to get to see those two guys chatting, get to see them outside the firehouse. I mean, it was really, really great. And even though we hadn't gotten the movie from Ivan Reitman in, in, in quite a while, yeah. um, you know, the ones that he did give us, you know, they're going to live on for uh, eternity. Yeah, Mike, you talk about Lord and Miller, and, and Shannon mentions Jason Reitman, his son, but I mean, you, I think Todd Phillips, uh, you can absolutely make a case yeah. for him as well. I mean, these are some of the films that he produced throughout his life, the different various uh, interesting films here. I mean, you've got Space Jam, which is a lot of people, is a, a part of a lot of people's childhoods. Private Part, the, Parts, the Howard Stern film from God, for God's sakes. He did Road Trip. He did Killing Me Softly. He did the Euro Trip, Old School, then Disturbia, which is an interesting choice. I Love You, Man. Uh, Hitchcock, which was, a, I think, a fantastic performance by Anthony Hopkins as Hitchcock. And then, of course, the Ghostbusters, then the Baywatch film, then A New Legacy, then Afterlife. So clearly a lot of things. He's been, Even that TV movie Late Shift, he was a, one of the producers on it. I remember enjoying that. And Animal House. So certainly an interesting, varied career influencing a number of filmmakers that came up after him. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You know, you, like, as you list those movies, it's not... It's not the um, the resume of like a Spielberg or right, it's not a, a murderous you know, it's not, it's not like oh this would, but like but there are just some gems in there that I yeah. think really to your point inspired a lot of people. Like obviously, I think if the three of us were going to choose Ghostbusters, is probably the tops for <laughs> most of us. But I mean, I got to tell you, Dave is like low key right behind it for me as a movie that I think really affected me and the way that I like telling stories because I think it is very fun, very cute, but so sweet. Uh, so if, yeah, like, like if I was going to do my uh, double feature for Ivan Reitman, uh, I'm absolutely going to put on Ghostbusters, but I'm putting Dave on right after. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I just saw Dave this morning. I rewatched it this morning. I had a couple hours. I'm like, eh, it's been a very, very long time. I watched it, and I cried at the end. And I'm like, wow, he still has the power with his movies to kind of get you a little emotional. I wasn't weeping, but certainly uh, that ending was really sweet. And you're like, ah, oh, man, tears. remember? remember man when, tears. Yeah, in tears, right? Man tears, exactly. But remember when you could have hope with, with films? And I think he kind of... We want that to come back. I think we desperately need that to come back. So that makes his loss even more, um, I don't know, devastating and resonant for a lot of us. And I would argue Bill Murray doesn't have a career without Ivan Reitman. I mean, some of his, even going back to Stripes and Meatballs, that's laying the groundwork for the Bill Murray we're going to get in yeah. Ghostbusters. And and Shannon makes an excellent point about Schwarzenegger. What a complete sea change for Schwarzenegger to get become even more beloved by a, a larger amount of the populace going into the more family fair or comedy aspects uh, of uh, in his career. So yeah, just great stuff. So um, yeah, just a lot of love there for Ivan Reitman passed away at the age of 75 and he went the way you got, you want to go right in your sleep surrounded by family uh, and we will truly miss him, but we will enjoy his films uh, going forward in the future for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's keep going here. Uh, let's jump out to uh, talk about some uh, some true Super Bowl trailers that dropped here. Uh, Mike, I think you're going first. Is that correct, or is Shannon? No, it's Mike. I, okay, go ahead. All Mike. right. Well, we're going to start off with a movie that uh, I don't think I'm going to get Mr. McClung to come to see with me. But uh, in all of the Super Bowl, <laughs> in all the big Super Bowl trailers, I mean, you know, like if you are like me, you went to a Super Bowl party and you drank and you ate the food and you ignored most of the Super Bowl, but you tuned in for the commercials. Uh, and we had some really, really great trailers. And one of them was the full trailer uh, for Jordan Peele's next movie, his follow-up to Get Out and Us, uh, the movie Nope, which aside from the name, most people knew absolutely nothing about going in. Um, it stars uh, Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya. And uh, all, they are playing characters working on a horse ranch in Hollywood, uh, one of the oldest black-owned horse ranches in Hollywood, um, and we didn't know a lot going into this trailer and coming out of this trailer. We still don't know a lot, but we know it's going to be scary as shit. Um, see a lot of uh, a lot of moody moments. Um, it's definitely a really moody trailer. Definitely some shit going down on this uh, horse ranch in Hollywood. My vote, and I think most people are feeling like this is Jordan Peele's take on aliens. Yeah. It feels, feels like, like we're it. going full UFOs here, but given Jordan Peele, we probably don't really know what we're going <laughs> to see, and half of us are going to come out of the movie when we see it and still not be 100% sure what went down, but we're going to really enjoy it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Get Out. I really enjoyed Us. Um, I, just think, I just think that Jordan Peele has brought this new element to the horror genre, sort of horror slash social commentary slash black experience um, that we've seen other directors sort of take. Uh, we've seen other movies that he's produced sort of following that footsteps. And I think it's really interesting. And so even like the way this trailer starts, which is sort of the original footage of like that original shot of a black man on a horse and kind yeah. of giving you that little bit of Hollywood history um, about where motion pictures got their start and how it ties to the black experience you know that this is not just going to be a movie um, about aliens, if that's what it is, that there's going to be a lot more to it. And so I got really excited. Uh, it's definitely a freaky trailer. It definitely has some scares. Shannon, <laughs> what did you think? So I will go see this. I, oh, I have seen wow. I have seen both of Jordan Peele's big screen efforts. Okay. Um, when uh, Maybe not the weekend they came up, but I did see them shortly after they came out. Um, get Out you know, was one of the best movies of the year. And just from the guy, from 
Key and Peele, it was just such an unexpected um, directorial debut, and it was such a great ride. Us, I was not a big fan of. Mm -hmm. That being said, I did enjoy the ride of it. Like, by the time we got to the end, I'm putting things in, like, wait, this is what it was? And I'm like, meh, okay. Not not a fan of not a fan of the writing in this one, but um, the directing is still top notch, and the performances were like uh, Lupita Nyong'o and and Winston Duke. I mean, they, they were great performances. It was a great um, fright filled ride. So watching the trailer for Nope, I hope we get more of Get Out and less of us from the storytelling, but just from the visuals. You know, having the kind of uh, uh, air powered, you know. Uh, uh, multicolored guy, you know, kind of, you know, that you see at a car dealership. Um, the fact that they're spread all over the place, I'm like, I never thought those would be frightening, but Jordan Peele has found a way to make a bunch of those in the desert eerie. Yeah. So I will absolutely see this movie. I might wait for a week. I might even go see it, might even go see it by myself, as I have done with horror movies recently, just so my friends can't see me uh, uh, squeal. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I am going to go see this. And yes, I do think it looks very interesting. Yeah, I really wasn't sure what to expect, especially when they dropped that little bit of a teaser, I think, or the, the poster there. You're like, oh, what is this all about? Plus, I love the fact that it's like, nope. I mean, there's so many ways you can go with that. <laughs> I love the modern titling of that for a horror film. But then you watch this thing, and right, Mike, you make excellent points. Certainly, these last two films have had social justice commentary within them. You don't need to catch any of the social justice stuff to enjoy the films on the surface level. They're excellent. I think they're well-made horror films. And then, but the social justice aspect just adds a little bit more to enjoy for sure. But here there's so much symbolism. I mean, of course, talking about the black experience, I mean, so that's Jordan Beale has said many times how Spike Lee has influenced him in his life. And yeah. certainly Spike Lee's films talk about the black experience, how some of the historical aspects of the black experience and the influence of the black experience on our country has been erased by other people and how these filmmakers are bringing it back. Certainly starting out with that was an interesting take to go about it. You can tell that Daniel Kaluuya is playing a guy who's really world weary. He's been doing this a long time. He's not happy where he's at. Kiki got a little more energy, her dancing around. Plus we get the beat of him using another song and turning it around. I got five on it for us. And now uh, fingertips from Stevie wonder how that's going to play in all of this. And then of course, we get nope, the title, and a lot of people speculate it means not of planet Earth, therefore the alien situation. That's certainly when I did the trailer reaction, I was like, oh, no, that's aliens. She's getting sucked out. That's yeah. That seems to be like aliens it, to me. But real quick, so real quick, Mike, the symbolism, though, of the white horse, the pale horse, that's very interesting as well, and the symbolism of the black horse inside a glass case. This kind of like, oh, you can see what you want, but we won't let you have it. I mean, there's just so much working here that I think uh, uh, you can catch and you can put some symbolism or meaning on. But I think overall, I'm very curious to see what the story, overall story of this is. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, you know, I think what's interesting because the other, another uh, influence that uh, Peel has talked about is Stanley Kubrick. And yes, I think that absolutely. when you really look at his movies, there is kind of this like where Spike Lee and Stanley Kubrick sort of collide, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really, really interesting. And also, I mean, to, to Shannon's point about us, I definitely think Get Out is a cleaner, more straightforward, like right down the line. Like I think Get Out is the stronger of the two movies. Yeah. But I think what I really enjoyed about us is coming out, there was so much kind of Johnny, to your point about the symbolism and things going on yeah. that like, us was one of those really fun movies that I loved the ride of the movie. I think it maybe wasn't quite as uh, strong just from a storytelling standpoint as Get Out. Yeah. But 
coming out of the movie and reading all the articles and diving into all of the symbolism, some of the stuff that I got and a lot of the stuff that I didn't, and even just looking at this trailer, to your point, there's going to be so much here. Like, this is going to be one of those really fun movies to sort of experience the thrill ride of it, which Jordan Peele is so good at, and then come out and be like, oh, that's why the horse was there. Oh, that part meant this. Oh, this symbolized this, or this was a reference to that. And so it really is one of those movies that's fun to sort of dive into uh, and get into all of the details that you missed out on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, but encourage anyone who who didn't like us the first time around to go back and watch it two or three times. Like just, you're going to get more out of it as you watch it. It's one of those films that grows as you watch it more and more, you know? So we shall see. When's this one? Uh, we we yeah. shall see on July 22nd. Yeah, July 22nd. Internationally, August 4th. So for once, we get something ahead of time. Um, <laughs> all right, Shannon, where are we off to next? We are off to Middle Earth with our first trailer with footage and actors and action of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. So, you know, we got, uh, you know, our sort of headless um, teaser posters. We got a little brief glimpse that was more just, you know, just a uh, scenery. Whereas this one, we actually get some footage. And, you know, I think, we, you know, we've got another voiceover. It sure seems that even though this is not produced in conjunction with Peter Jackson, that they definitely took his films and the look of those films. And, and it, it, it totally feels like it's in the same world. It just has that, it has that vibe. It has that tone. And thus far, I mean, what we've seen, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. It looks super expensive when you find out how much they're how much they're spending on this for a potential five season run. And we found out a little, like this was released on uh, Dark Horizons, how the story begins with the wicked god Morgoth having been defeated and his apprentice Sauron has vanished. And Galadriel, uh, first played by Kate uh, Blanchett, and in this played by Morfid Clark, that she is off. Hunting the remnants yeah, of 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 the of the enemies, and you find out that uh, her brother was actually a casualty of this war. So mm. thus far, everything we're seeing looks amazing. Now, how the show is going to turn out, we'll find out because I don't know. I mean, I, I tried to watch the Wheel of Time, and I, apparently, the people that really are a fan of those books are enjoying the hell out of that series. As someone who didn't read the books, I'm reading kind of like I don't quite get this um oh is, so, is that not i, think, I mean i'm not a, i'm not a, i'm not a wheel of fan guy but my friends who read the wheel of time books uh got about three episodes in they were like well i don't know what this is anymore that's that's what i heard if you if you are a wheel of time watcher or you're a fan of the books let us know in the comments what you guys think about it because uh i i like shannon i watched the first uh couple episodes and i was like "Eh, i don't know if i have the time to invest in this um but then i talked to some friends who i was like maybe i should keep going and i talked to some friends who are big like robert jordan fans and they were like nope we noped right (laughs) out of that one so (laughs) Well, then we are talking to different people because the ones that I've, they're like, well, it's mixed. This, is, yeah. this is deep fantasy. You have to stay on the ride. I was not compelled to keep going. Um, and now knowing that, you know, some of Vogel's friends who I may or may not know are, are saying that it's eh, not so much. I, I'm not that inclined to keep going. Um, Lord of the Rings, no matter how the first three episodes are, my guess is I'm going to power through that entire first season. But gentlemen, what did you all think? of our first real look at the Rings of Power. 
I enjoyed it. I'll be honest with you. And I know some people are like, oh, it's too CGI or it looks too weird. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I enjoyed it. I agree with you, Michael. I think we're getting the vibe here of Peter or Santa. We were saying to Peter Jackson. It's got that vibe of Peter Jackson, certainly. And listen, coming out of those Hobbits films, I know I, I like them. I know some of the Lord of the Rings fans don't like them. So I get it. So it's almost like mirroring season eight of Game of Thrones. You want to bring people back in by kind of making them feel like you're going back to the essence of what made you a fan of the Lord of the Rings films. And that seems to come through in the trailer, like the shots of the Harfoots. I really enjoyed that, that shot with that dude fighting in the gold armor. I had like Excalibur kind of memories there looking at that with the gold armor, the blonde hair with Mordred. And then we see all these different areas throughout middle. We see that guy going through and slamming that stone and shattering it. The, the uh, waterfall scene is really cool. The elves all hanging around there. So to me, this feels like we're going back to that. Uh, and I love the music. And so for a minute, we got a little bit a, of, of what we're going to see here. I'm looking forward to a full trailer. And I like the diversity aspect of it. I've seen some people getting so upset about this, which is ridiculous to me. It's 2022. Deal with it. The diversity of this, I like. They're adding new characters, playing around with it. This is the this is the future here. We're not going backwards. We're going forwards. And it's going to showcase that here in this series. So for me, for a minute, it, it did its job to get me hooked in and, and wanting to see this. Mike? Yeah, uh, I'm on board. I mean, look, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I think the Hobbit movies uh, are a law of diminishing returns with each one because when you take the skinniest of the books and make three movies out of it, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel by that third movie. Um, but I still don't hate them. Um, I think Peter Jackson created a really fun world. And like you guys both said, I think this feels like that world. Like it doesn't feel like they're reinventing Middle Earth here. It feels like they're using that as the base and creating a new story. And I think like as what from what I've seen so far, I, at the party that I was at, some people were talking about the CG as well. But I'm just like, look, guys, the CG in Lord of the Rings when it came out was amazing for what it was at the time. Now, when you look at the Lord of the Rings movies, it does look a little dated with some of the CG, but the fact that we have a TV series uh. that has that level of CG and that we're also spoiled at this point, like, man, you guys don't remember back in the days when we, like, our genre shows, like old Star Trek, The Next Generation, and oh, yeah. Warrior Princess, like, <laughs> if, if, if somebody was fighting a giant lizard that looked like it came out of an 8-bit video game, you were like, cool, I'll take it. Like, I don't care, I'm in. <laughs> and now the fact that we have, like, this level of quality. So, you know, I, I think that they're probably still working on some stuff. We'll see how it looks. I know it doesn't come out till you know, way later this year. But yeah, I'm very, very excited. The more, to, to Shannon's point, the more that I see of it and the more that I hear of the story, the more that I'm getting really excited, uh, more excited than I thought I would be to revisit Middle Earth. Mm. Uh, Shannon, any uh, final words on this? No, I mean, just the fact that they have a young Galadriel, they have a young Elrond, like they yeah. have these touchstones that, that do connect to the movies that, you know, we're familiar with and, and what some, some of the audience grew up with. The fact that they have those touchstones to see, like, okay, remember her? That's who this is. Yeah. Uh, I, I Thus far, I, I think the story, they're making uh, uh, a lot of right moves, at least setting up their bases. Yeah. Um, but either way, we're going to find out when, uh, it drops on Amazon prime September 2nd. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's the backlash it's been going on. I wonder how, how the backlash is going to affect people's reactions to it. I hope it's not negative, uh, negatively going to affect that. I hope, I hope there's not review bombing. Let something breathe for a little bit. Let it have some life. Then you can judge it on its merits. 
until then, I think you're just it's a it's a waste of time. They just just let it come out, watch it, then you can see it. Like I saw some people already commenting on my trailer reaction about it, and I'm like, you haven't even seen the whole thing. How can you know whether they're doing this effectively or not? Let something breathe, then you can judge it. Um, all right, let's move on to our last trailer here in this first section of our show. It is Moon Knight, the Super Bowl trailer dropped here the 32nd super bowl big game spot trailer dropped uh while we were watching the super bowl i literally just went from my twitch stream and recorded a trailer reaction and went right back to my twitch stream because i had to talk about this uh trailers 30 second trailer as a massive fan of moon knight we got more with oscar isaac more with Conshu. we got more with ethan hawkins seeing what his role in all this we got some purple magic and we went back to egypt and the moment that blew my mind right there ah! That was incredible. I lost my shit when I saw that crescent moon jump down. We got more with uh, with uh, uh, Oscar Isaac and that accent of his, seeing himself in the mirror, another version of himself in the mirror. Certainly more about the dissociative identity disorder, hearing the voice of Khonshu and Oscar Isaac's reaction, the pure fear in his face, seeing uh, seeing a Harrow, which is who um, uh, 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 Ethan Hawke is playing, telling him to embrace it, and then we see him kicking people's asses all over the place. So, Mike, I go to you first on this one. Thoughts on this trailer? Did you like it? Did it? And we got something last month. This was only thirty seconds, but were these thirty seconds enough to get you even more excited to see what we're going to get? I mean, I just seeing the just seeing Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac, and the fact that this is a TV show that I get to watch has me excited. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I'm super stoked for this. Uh, I'm really curious to see how it fits into the rest of the MCU. I mean, Kevin Feige just came out recently yeah. in an interview. I think it was in Empire. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but I think Empire did a big interview with him, where he was like, "They're not pulling any punches as far as yeah. the intensity with Moon Knight. Like, they're definitely really going for it." Um, Oscar Isaac said, "You know, he really enjoyed that doing it as a TV series where you weren't as worried about like opening weekend box office allowed them to really delve into the mental health disorders a little bit more yeah. as far as the character. So like everything that everyone is saying about it, combined with just the complete utter weirdness of this vibe, yeah. um, I'm just so curious. I mean, like we talked about this. I know you're a big Moon Knight fan. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with Moon Knight. So as opposed to like a WandaVision coming out or a Loki coming out where I'm like, well, these are familiar characters. Like, and even with like the Miss Marvels and the She-Hulks that are coming down the road where I, I know those characters pretty well from the comics, Moon Knight is a little bit of a mystery to me. So I'm kind of going into this kind of blind, um, but everything I'm seeing and everything I'm hearing has me very, very intrigued. Yeah, Shannon, we see a gold turtle. We see him flying into the crescent thing that's uh, right by the Louvre. The Louvre, of course, in a pyramid shape, mirroring the pyramids. We see when Harrow is hitting that staff or whatever, and we're seeing the purple magic there in ancient Egypt, and then hearing the voice of Khonshu. I mean, a lot of things here were thrown in in these 30 seconds quickly. Uh, what stood out to you, and what you feel coming out of these 30 seconds? I mean, the big thing was that moment where Ethan Hawke shows that tattoo on yes. the inside of his arm, yeah. where you see the scales kind of going back and forth. I mean, yeah. the, the the cool thing about what Disney Plus has been able to do is they've been able to um, not divorce themselves, but separate themselves from what is expected. Yeah. With WandaVision, you were able to do something so incredibly different and so incredibly original. And I think for the most part, even though a lot of folks didn't necessarily love the finale, uh, I, I do think that paid in dividends. I mean, I think that worked really well. And the same thing with Loki. Like, Loki was very, very different. And hearing Kevin Feige saying we're not pulling back on the things 
uh, especially like the violence, we're not pulling back on what you would expect us to pull back on. Yeah. The fact that this um, this medium is giving them an opportunity to kind of stretch their legs, especially with a character who the audiences for the most part don't know. I'm like Vogel. Like I, I know yeah. I know the broad strokes of Moon Knight, the the multiple the the multiple personalities and how they kind of lean into that in the future with um, with some of the comics runs. Right. But Oscar Isaac is one such an electric performer that he, he can literally play two different people, three different people, really, but two different people whose faces we see. And, and you as an audience member, you believe that those are different guys. I mean, that's yeah. that's truly, truly exciting. Ethan Hawke, even though, like, I think he's kind of poo pooed uh, superhero cinema in the past. He has um, taken that back, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> he has. Fact, his Logan comments. Yeah. The fact that um, whatever this project was, I mean, got him excited enough to retract those statements and to just knowing how different this is going to be. And just visually, I we talked about it before when the first trailer came out. I was like looking at the comics accurate version of Moon Knight, this all white costume, like, I don't know how that works in live action. And you see, at least for me, it totally works. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. You, you, you hope that they understand the aspects of dissociative identity disorder. And this isn't just something they're using for the character and not giving the full weight to it. I think that's, we saw a little bit with Falcon and Winter Soldier, didn't 100% go there or get it squared away. Could have been the cutting of the episodes, could have been the COVID situation, could have been a number of things, but didn't quite hit the mark as strongly as they would like with their story about race here in America. They did get a, I think it did a good job. It could have done a great job. So something like this can be, as we're more aware of it, as we're talking about it more, as the mental health stigma is slowly cracking and breaking in the mainstream to where it isn't a stigma anymore, I hope they understand the responsibility of taking on with a series like this and getting the chance to really flesh this out and give it its proper due, its proper respect, and not just using it as a plot device. It has to right. be something that they actually explore and see the effect of. Uh, and you know, and, and I trust them. I feel like it, it, I'm certainly getting the vibe that they are. Is it Mark Spector? Is it Stephen Grant? Who is it? And I think that's going to keep us guessing throughout. Don't you think? Yeah. Wow. And 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 the and the, sorry. Go ahead, Vogel. No, no, no. Go ahead, John. Who's the third? Who's the third that is often oh. associated? It's the, the cabbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the guy's name right off. I hands. don't remember the name right now. But curious yeah. if we'll if he'll pop up as well. And there was actually oh, wow. a promo shot of uh was it mr knight when it's yes. basically in the suit i mean like that that hasn't been in a trailer it was just a it was just a promo photo but right. again that's another that's another costume that i'm like oh my god that looks fantastic like this is just a series that it, we're incredibly curious to see what this is going to be yeah yeah there are a number of them and so we'll see how many of them pop up but like like we're about to talk about with Doctor Strange. I mean we had to get to Doctor Strange having multiple Doctor Stranges. So I think they want to take it slow in that first season and just keep it with those two there might be a third one teased the gabby might be teased down the road maybe even a final scene or a final shot or a post-credit scene or something like that but i can't imagine they'd want to throw a third identity in to make people kind of even more like what is going on you know especially because they only have what like seven episodes i think that's yeah, I was gonna the, say do we know how many episodes four. it is I, i'm assuming it's seven and and we're not that far away march 30th is uh is when this thing is coming out so like we're almost at the end of February, right? So we're halfway through. So, According to IMDb, it yeah. is six. Six, okay. Even so, the last thing I think you want to do is throw a third identity in 
in, in only six episodes. I think people are going to be kind of really hard, uh, going to have a hard time hanging on to these two. Plus whatever Harrow's doing and how that all lies in going into Egypt. I mean, there's a real uh, chance that people are going to be turned off by this because we're going in the past. We're going to Egypt. We're going to Death on the Nile didn't do so well in the box office. Yeah, it was number one, but it was number one with like a, a small amount of money. So uh, what's the lure? Is the lure of Egypt still there? It had <laughs> enough champagne. <laughs> To fill the Nile. <laughs> to fill the Nile. People are so mad at that line. Oh, my God. Anyway, this is coming out March 30th, 2022. Looking forward to it. Um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, and we'll see what more we get. I'm sure we'll get one more big trailer kind of giving us probably more about Harrow and his uh, place in all of this. Um, all right. Well, there we go. This is the end of our first block here on the Geek Buddies. We're going to take a quick little break. And then we're going to get into a big and deep breakdown of Doctor Strange. In the multiverse of madness, holy Mary, mother of God, do we have a lot to do here. And we'll be right back uh, right after this. Do, 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 do. Ah, I forgot the theme. I can't do it. Oh, do, do, do. oh I keep going. I, I try to do it and then I go to Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't have we're, my harps accord. We're here, a so. well-oiled <laughs> machine, ladies and gentlemen. A well-oiled machine, <laughs> for sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's do, get into do, this do, thing. Do. Nope, that's Harry Potter. No, that's Harry can't Potter. Do can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> All right, didn't matter. I do Super Bowl Sunday. I, you know, Wendy Lee and I, we do that show on Fridays. She warned me. She has her own uh, uh, YouTube channel. She said, "You better get ready to do these trailers. You didn't do them last year. You better do trailer reactions this year." I was like, "All right, let's see. I'm going to do a Twitch watch along." See, and they dropped this trailer before the Super Bowl even while the Super Bowl was going. Before the Super Bowl even really got going as a game, they dropped this trailer. What an insane trailer! Dropped it during the first quarter of the Super Bowl really surprised this one even more insane even more out there we had Wanda we had uh possibly Spectrum or maybe uh, uh Iron Man versions of this thing we heard Patrick Stewart's voice we got we got America Chavez we got so much in this trailer so we're going to break this thing down we're talking about our overall thoughts then break it down about what stood out for us what we think uh, was going on here Mikey I'll start with you of course uh man thoughts you you cracked yeah. your knuckles Go ahead. Man, they, gee, golly. They, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home was just such a epic superhero movie where yeah. they did stuff that we never thought we'd see in a superhero movie and seeing all these villains and the other Spider-Man. And you just, you're like, that was like, you know, like like Marvel Marvel movies are kind of like peaks and valleys. Yeah. Like you you get to like uh, an Infinity War Endgame and then you kind of like settle down and, and, and you know, sometimes you have a couple that aren't the best, but you have a lot of them that are like, that was a that was a solid movie. I'm not freaking out about it, but I really enjoyed it. And then you get to the next thing. Yeah. And Spider-Man No Way Home was definitely one of those peaks where you're like, as you can tell by the box office and everyone's reaction to it, like that was a, that was a superhero event. Mm -hmm. And you kind of are like, all right, well, that was great. Now let's settle down and wait for the next one. <laughs> and then they just come right out of the gate with, with Multiverse of Madness and... It is hitting on every cylinder. Um, Doctor Strange dealing with the multiverse and the different Doctor Stranges all by itself is just a great idea. Just, yeah. just all by if that was just it, if it was Doctor Strange fighting a bunch of other Doctor Stranges because of what he did in No Way Home and the multiverse cracked open, great. Um, adding in, oh, we're going to introduce America Chavez and continue our Young Avengers bingo card score. Yeah. Hey, let's bring Wanda into this post WandaVision and everything that she's dealing with now that she's the Scarlet Witch. And you're like, well, shit, I'm overwhelmed. Right. And
And then <laughs> you drop in, oh, we're going to spend a good chunk of this movie in some reality where a version of Marvel's Illuminati have basically wow. created an authoritarian world where everything is good, but maybe not as good for everybody, you know, whatever that ends up being. Um, and for those that aren't aware, uh, just a, like really quick thing. So in the Marvel Please. comics, um, the Illuminati was a group of some of the the heavy hitters of the Marvel Universe, mostly a bunch of white dudes, but uh, <laughs> a bunch of heavy hitters in the Marvel Universe who were making a lot of decisions decisions about how things should have been running behind the scenes. And there's been a couple different groups, a couple different versions of it, but mostly we're talking Professor X, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, uh, Namor, T'Challa sometimes, a couple others coming in and out of there. Um, but so to hear Patrick Stewart's voice and to go, oh, not only does this mean a version of Professor X is showing up. Uh, if they try and do another boner on us, like in WandaVision, I think oh, everyone's no. going to riot. Everyone's going to riot in the streets. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is uh, this is Professor X. But when you see Doctor Strange walking into that room and you see the other figures, the idea of what this version, the MCU version, and this reality's version of the Illuminati is and who else we might be seeing yeah. Um, and you know, everyone is on the table right now. Everyone's been talking about who that might be. That's thrilling. And so just like on every level, uh, and then the tie, the, oh, and then the potential tie-ins to what if, uh, the rumors that we're going to see Captain Carter, my yeah. guess would be as oh one God. of the people on the board for the Illuminati, Jeez. uh, the idea that we're going to maybe get dark tour strange Shannon's, uh, Shannon's <laughs> favorite from the what if series, uh and even marvel yep. zombies uh you know both like in not more of the super bowl tease not in the actual trailer that's online you right. get a really clear shot of zombie doctor strange and zombie wanda so how this is all tying into one movie it's kind of like no way home like going into it we're like this all looks great i don't know if this 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 is a lot to juggle i don't know if they can do it this looks like it's even more to juggle, but they did it with No Way Home. They yeah. did it with an Infinity War and Endgame. So it feels like they're going to do it now. Um, holy shit. Shannon, I mean, what, I mean, everything Michael's talking about, we get what zombie Doctor Strange or Nightmare, which they might be. We get him in pieces here in this shot. We get Gargantos rolling around here from what if. We get this Nightmare sequence, America Chavez. Uh, uh, being held here and uh, Rintra for God's as if there wasn't enough already in here we get so much rolling through this uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness tell me what you were feeling tell me what you were thinking uh, afterwards and my God how much can they shove into a movie as Mike said you think you're just going to calm down for a little bit but no no we're going even farther did you finish AP science great here's uh, here's your next level son of a gun it's it's funny because it's the last time I was watching a trailer and there I had an audible reaction was probably <laughs> Avenger uh, Avengers Endgame mm. um and, like with with Spider Man like I was I was excited to see it and but I think I was kind of like are, are they going to show them are they going to show them are they going to show all three I'm like oh, okay they didn't that's fine that's fine that's that's actually I, I prefer that um, watching this watching this trailer yeah. um because I I for <laughs> for the Super Bowl 
coincidentally enough, uh, Shane and I went and saw Death, Death on the Nile. because like, yeah, hey, there will be nobody at the movies right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so as we came back in, I was watching your guys' texts about Multiverse of Madness. Like, oh. they were coming up in the movie, and I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, we we got to get through two hours of this movie before I can watch this trailer. <laughs> so getting into, like, uh, I pulled it up on, on the smart TV in the living room, and multiple audible reactions. Oh, oh, oh! It was, th- there were some things that were so unexpected. Like, I did not expect the Illuminati. I, yeah. that, that was something that I did not expect. Yeah. Um, like, I, I had read a couple of rumors, and it was just like, I, that just seem, that seems like a lot. But in the confines of what's being presented, I'm like, God, I guess that does make sense. And then because Endgame was almost three hours of Act 3 payoff, when you're looking at the giant Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's what Doctor Strange feels like. Um, like everything that they're going to throw into this seems like stuff. It, it, it is going to be earned. It's going to be all payoff because they have this incredible base that they've built with the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now with the Disney Plus series, like like for, for folks that maybe didn't watch What If because you were um, yeah. unsure if it connected to the live action. If you're not a big fan of animation, like one, they're great stories and you would probably enjoy them. But also it seems like it's going to be important viewing to understand <laughs> some of what's going on. Um, yeah, I was just so, so incredibly excited. And then watching uh, watching the, the narr- or hearing the narration at the beginning with Stephen Strange waking up, I'm like, is that our Stephen Strange? Which one is this? This yeah. could be anybody. I mean, they're presenting us with at least three, maybe four in the trailer. Yeah. Um, so it just is so exciting. And it's the type of trailer that I couldn't wait for today to, to, to talk theories, to talk yeah. guesses, yeah. most of which I think are going to be wrong, but still, I think it'll, <laughs> well, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> so before we get into some of like the more wilder conjecture, I mean, yeah. like, so yeah. like a couple things just like as a base level for where it seems like this movie's going, like, we know that Doctor Strange fucked with the multiverse uh, in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Um, whether or not he remembers doing that, depending on how the spell worked, do, do like, the, like there's a lot of talk, like Wong saying at the beginning, like, you know, you don't control everything, and him being like, I did what I had to do. That could be talking about what happened in No Way Home. It could be talking about something completely different that he does at the beginning of this movie. Like, so we yeah. will see. But whatever it is, Doctor Strange fucking with the multiverse and then we know at least we have our Doctor Strange. Yes. We have this sort of it's the toy it's Defender Strange, like the guy with the with the ponytail and the white stripes ponytail. that sort yeah. of who seems like a very I think probably tied to the Illuminati, like a, an authoritarian Doctor Strange who kind mm-hmm. of is like taking matters into his own hands. And then we have the dark Doctor Strange who looks like he's the same Doctor Strange from What If. That's what we're all presuming. Maybe he's yeah. not. Maybe he's like a different version of that, but seems like he's a guy who seems like he's just like fucking fuck it like there's order and chaos and this idea that dr strange is someone who has a tendency to be a pretty arrogant guy and thinks he can handle anything and we'll see how that goes so like there's that there's this struggle of this dr strange figuring out how much control he can have and then adding into that wanda now fully scarlet witching it up Mm -hmm. um clearly still having issues about what happened in Westview, wanting to find her kids. Like that's where we left her at the end of WandaVision, having the dark hold. Um, and then, yeah, like Johnny has up on screen right now, the scene oh. of, of Wanda yeah. as Scarlet Witch, 
kneeling in a version of her Westview house with another Wanda looking down on her. Is this a Wanda from a different reality where she actually got her house with Vision and their kids actually did grow up? Is this all happening in Wanda's mind as she's struggling with the two sides of her personality? Like, we have no idea, but... It definitely seems like I think one of the most telling things in the trailer is when Wanda says to Strange, when you break the rules, you're a hero. Yeah. When I do it, I'm a villain. That doesn't seem fair, (laughs) which really says to me that Wanda's like, fuck everybody. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then adding into this, America Chavez, who we see sort of tied up at the beginning, looks like by Defender Strange. And we know from the comics that America Chavez's powers are that she can punch holes through the multiverse. She can go wherever. So she can go to all these different places, which I would assume the Illuminati are trying to prevent in some capacity. So, you know, you sort of have all these pieces. It seems like a lot. Add to that, we definitely have at least two Christines by Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah. We have our version, our our universe's Christine, who looks at the beginning of the movie like she's getting married, not to Strange, because right. he is clearly a guest at that wedding. And then we have another Christine that has red hair um, that looks like she's in the Illuminati universe. Yeah. Um, and what her role is going to be. So, you know, it's just there's so many moving pieces to this. But the idea of this really diving into what the multiverse is, uh, you know, really curious to see how much this is going to reference Loki, uh, tie into Loki. Because, you know, Loki was a world where the TVA was very specifically keeping the multiverse in check. Yeah. This is now a world post what if, post TVA, what if uh into this where the multiverse is all over the place and there's all of these realities and all of these things existing simultaneously and what that means yeah Uh, look i mean and here's the thing that i this is the illuminati here take a look that's what they were set up as and you know a lot of people have been saying the rumor that the that uh uh, namor is going to be like the um uh villain in black panther 2 possibly in some way in wakanda forever we shall see we get defender doctor strange which is really something i never thought we get to that point this is the thing that's amazing about this film and it's maybe why scott derrickson and, and marvel had their creative differences maybe scott was like you know what this is a lot man i'm just trying to tell this story and they're like they found sam raimi like sam can you do this and sam's like give me more Give me more. So maybe that had been and the same game. And, you know, to Scott's credit, Scott gave Sam a lot of love over the weekend on social media and saying, this is absolutely his film. And I, I was very happy to step aside and let him take it over because this is what they wanted. And I think that's great. But we get something like Rintraw. I mean, they're they're really p- pushing the boundaries of what you're able to consume here because Rintraw becomes uh, Strange's apprentice. So are we now, how is Rintraw going to work in all of this? We haven't even gotten Beta Ray Bill yet, but somehow Rintraw has made the jump into the MCU. And Shannon, you guys talk about the Dark Tour Strange. Is this the what if Doctor Doctor Strange? I don't know, but it's exciting to even consider it. And we might be going to Strange Lands if we're going to Strange Lands. Savage Lands. Savage Lands. Savage, Savage, Savage Lands. Lands. Sorry, I'm taking Doctor Strange. Savage Lands. Sorry about that. But like this, that is <laughs> so much to consider and throw into one uh, trailer. And then here's a shot at the end that some people are speculating: Wanda bringing Pietro back to life. That she might, because those are the cages that they were held in, possibly. There's rumors that she might be bringing Pietro I, back to life. Which Pietro are we going to get? I know we're going to get Boner. So is Aaron Taylor Johnson going to come back? Is there a new one coming? What is this whole situation going to going to lead to? I think, because that was a shot from her eye, from her perspective. Right? Yes, those yes. Cages. I think those cages 
uh, I don't know if it's in the actual trailer that's online. It was in the YouTube trailer, or it was yeah. on the Super Bowl trailer. You see the rare red-haired Christine in a lab uh, looking at something, and right. there's two glass cages behind her, and America Chavez is clearly in one of them. Ah, interesting. Um, so yep. I, I think a lot of people online are saying that that shot is clearly like Wanda is also in this Illuminati. We see it because we see her fighting. Uh, yeah somebody right whether that be tom cruise or not we can talk about that in a second but uh <laughs> but we so i think we do see her either breaking america chavez out or yeah. coming to absorb america chavez's powers so that she can bust through the multiverse and find her kids like yeah, I, I really think i mean i don't think you know, the, another thing that was the, that i i did not i did not realize this but everyone pointed this out on live which i thought was very cool is yeah. even from the teaser trailer we saw that scene of wanda in that whole kind of orchard, all those trees with the white flowers. Yes. And she's talking to Strange. Um, but in this trailer, we see that scene again, but we also see the scene with her fully Scarlet Witch talking to Strange when she yeah. says, you you get to be the hero, I get to be the villain, that's not fair. In this very dark red background, right. this very sort of like uh, moody place. Mm -hmm. But everyone's pointing out that Strange is wearing the exact same outfit in both and that those trees with the white flowers, that beautiful kind of tranquil looking place yeah. is maybe part of like one of Wanda's illusions. And so like that, those two scenes tie together. So I really think Wanda's setting up to be the big bad of this movie. It feels like, Yeah. Uh, I think that, I don't think that she, and I could be completely wrong on this. Like maybe she gets her shit together and her and Strange get, end up going against the Illuminati or something. But I have a feeling it's like Wanda's going to make her moves here and go full Scarlet Witch. And that's probably the thing that I'm most excited to see in this movie. Well, and we haven't even talked about Mordo. Mordo being a part of, Mordo shows up in the trailer. Strange fights Mordo. Is Mordo part of the Illuminati? I think Mordo has been part of the Illuminati in the comics because as you said mike this is post tva so post loki so what version of the tva are getting where's kang in all of this where, where what's his well, game to play here with wanda and this makes sense to me what you're talking about wanda possibly being the big bad because it's like well she has constantly been controlled whether it's whether it's a, a hydra or the avengers I, I think of that scene where she's trying to break out of the out of there hawkeye tries to break her out there and vision tries to stop them she's constantly being told what to think what to feel what to do and have her moments of hero of being a hero but everyone is afraid of her power and it's kind of symbolic of women right the idea of women in society people being afraid of the power of women and so it's kind of bringing so her embracing her power being strong in this movie but turning into a villain i think might be the wrong um chord to strike but then again, who else but her could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Strange and go into multiple dimensions and uh, kind of whip him and see different versions of herself coming together. So it could be a colossal battle, as you said, Michael, that at the end they come to terms with each other. But I'm looking forward to it for sure. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, um, who else could go up against Doctor Strange other than Wanda? Well, yeah. a version of a version of Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, that could be like that. I mean, I, I think all three – Wanda has the potential to be to be an antagonist. The Illuminati, the Illuminati, I'm pretty sure, are, are one of the antagonists. But also, I think Doctor mm. Strange is also like he might be the big bad of this. Right, and he might be talking the bad. about right, right. Yep, talking about the shot that you said where Mordo fights Strange. Yeah, I, I, I watched that one, and I don't think he's fighting him. I think he's setting him free because Strange is in those oh, cups, yeah. and it looks like he's coming down on top of it. So maybe they'll and, be working together. My I guess. That, oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
my guess no, 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 with that with the, with those two cells is that one is for America Chavez and one is for Doctor Strange, and like oh, they have taken him away. Okay. I'm thinking maybe Mordo and maybe Christine help them escape because that shot you see of them in the uh, floating vault door yeah. that is Strange, oh. Chavez, and Christine. So yeah. that's and that's kind of my guess right now. Okay, Mike. Yeah, and it it looks like when they go through that door, it is sort of like the. Uh whatever we it looks sort of like it's the same kind of place where kang was at the end of loki like it's kind of one of these like dimensional like i think i think we are getting into sort of i think we're gonna get into nexus beings like i think we're getting into all kinds of crazy stuff i think mordo is i i think this mordo is not the mordo that we saw in doctor strange one i think this is probably this universe's mordo and i would imagine this universe's mordo very likely might be uh a member of the illuminati I, i i think that we might I mean, now we're just getting into crazy conjecture, but I do think that like maybe nothing is crazy anymore. This Mike. defender, it's, it's a good point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if this defender strange that we see in the trailer kind of gets taken off the board pretty early in the movie, and Mordo is on the Illuminati now, but it maybe is the newer version. I mean, I'm I'm just really curious to see who we're going to see. I mean, obviously we do see this uh, super powered, armored, glowing person uh, fighting yeah. with Wanda in the trailer. Yeah, a uh, lot of speculation on who this is. The wackiest and craziest, but I know John is very excited about is <laughs> hey. these r- persisting rumors that Tom Cruise is showing up as Superior Iron Man. That's right, there he um, is as Superior Iron Man. And since we see that the Illuminati have a bunch of Ultrons that seem to be working just fine, um, this would be the Iron Man that did sort of successfully build his suit of armor around the world and have a bunch yeah. of uh, Ultrons working for him. I don't. That might be a little bit more of a stretch than I think I could even wrap my head around. I also think when you look at that uh, glowing <laughs> figure that Wanda is fighting, the shape looks a little bit more feminine than I think a superior Iron Man costume would look like. So my guess is either a Monica Rambeau or even a Maria Rambeau, like a, oh, a reality okay. where Maria yeah. Rambeau ended up getting the powers of the Tesseract instead of uh, instead of Mar- um, Captain Marvel yeah. and, and and becomes Captain Marvel. Um and so I think that might be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, the guesses on who the alum, I think that the guesses on who the Illuminati are going to be yeah. are going to rival which villains is Spider-Man going to fight in No Way Home. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, come on now. This is all possible, Mikey. Come on. But no, it's probably Spectrum. It's probably Monica Rambeau. It's a great point. You got to bring that back. If you're going to bring Westview back, you got to bring her back. I feel like they're inter- they're connected. They're intrinsically connected. So you kind of have to bring them back. So Although I do yeah. think that, I mean, look, I mean, I'm not saying that I think it's going to be Tom Cruise, but I do think Iron Man, Tony yeah. Stark, is such a big part of the Illuminati. And yeah. I think those Ultrons walking Doctor Strange up there, I mean... In the MCU, Tony Stark created Ultron. In the Marvel comics, Hank Pym created Ultron. Maybe right. we get a Michael Douglas up there. I don't know, but the Ultron definitely does make you think uh, that there 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 needs yeah. to be someone up there who uh, who got that thing right. How much DH? Someone brought. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Shannon. Sorry. Well, I mean, like I thought we were like, okay, if we just want to start speculating wildly about who's up there, Johnny, do you have any? I mean, Tom Cruise or. Sure, Tom Cruise, but I'm throwing something else out there. A lot of people were kind of pushing back on that. Mikalinowski, Kalinowski didn't like that it was um, when we heard Professor X's voice. We we haven't talked. We should go in depth on that too. We heard Professor X's voice. Is that Professor X or is that someone else? 
Is that another alternate uh, dimension, Professor X? Not our dimension, Professor X? I don't know, but we heard Patrick Stewart's voice. And Cal and I said, oh, I didn't like that because Logan is such a nice send-off. It's like, yeah, but nobody ever really dies. And this is, to me, this is Disney's version of it. So it could really work. But he, someone else pointed out, look, it doesn't have to be the same person. And these don't all have to look alike. We have three different Spider-Man for three different dimensions. So it, we could have a Tony Stark that looks nothing like Tony Stark. As right. we saw in Into the Spider-Verse, all the different spider people, they're from different, they're different ethnicities, different genders. So anything is possible here. So yeah, we could get a new Hank Pym. We get a new uh, Tony Stark, a new version of this. So that's what I'm very curious about to see is how many of these people are going to essentially be part of the main timeline, although we are creating well, other timelines yeah. that are connected. So very. Well, I think this entire Illuminati is yeah. not our timeline. Okay. I mean, this is very. This is a. This is not our world. I mean, are they nothing above about timelines. Are they above all the timelines, Mike? Okay. In, in the Avengers, in the Marvel Comics universe, when the Illuminati, there was a giant. I can't remember the arc that it was, but there was a giant arc that ultimately brought the Ultimate Universe and our universe together, where yeah. universes were colliding and and entire universes were being destroyed. Yeah. And our universe is Illuminati. Our six one six Marvel six one six. The our universe is Illuminati. Uh, basically were making the choice to let entire other universes die so that they could survive. And it was like a big issue. When Cap find out, he found out he was very upset about it. But I think that maybe they're going to take some elements of that story that maybe this is a universe that, understand, that understands that there's a multiverse and understands that universes are being destroyed. And it's like, well, we're going to win. We're going to stay the main universe and we're going to let everybody else die. Uh, and yeah. as we saw with Doctor Strange in No Way Home... He was kind of in a, uh, well, if this is these people's fate, it's their fate. And Peter Parker was the one who was like, no, we can make their lives better. Maybe he takes a little bit of what he learned from Peter Parker into this movie and says, well, there has to be a better way. So I think to the Professor X of it all, mm -hmm. I think that they would not, Marvel would not drop Patrick Stewart's voice in this trailer right. and then pull a fast one on us and say, no, he's actually Jimmy jimmy two-tone whatever like I, like it's not gonna be like some other guy like but i don't think that i don't think this is our universe's professor x and i don't okay. think it even necessarily needs to be the same professor x from the x-men movies right um this mm -hmm. is a alternate version of professor x from this world where right. there right. were mutants but it does introduce mutants it does introduce yeah. the concept of mutants if he is professor x he is a mutant yeah. from a world that ostensibly would have mutants, I still don't know that this is the moment where they're breaking it wide open and saying now mutants exist. I don't know if Wanda's going to create... I, every time that we even get close to it because we're all so excited, we're like, this is where mutants come from. I don't know that we're there yet, um, but I think even teasing Professor X in this is a big uh, step forward. I mean, the other piece of this, and again, I don't know if they're going to do this or not, but are we going to see a Reed Richards up there? Yeah. So... Yeah, go ahead. To to John's point about our, our, is this a group above the timelines? I feel like, and, and again, this is just speculative, sure, uh, sure. that this Illuminati is, this is representatives from different timelines. I mean, mm. I feel like this is uh, like Kang uh, in Loki. It's like he he met a bunch of versions of himself and, and at first it seemed like it was okay. So I feel like these are all different these are all different timeline representatives. That's kind of my guess. Okay. So Reed Richards, I feel like Reed Richards, it would have made more sense for him to be the engineer in WandaVision than to present him like this. 
that okay. that the guess is that this is probably not like the most benevolent organization. Right. So right. to present him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a pseudo bad guy, I don't think they would do that yet. Um, but as to who's up there, like I don't think it's uh, Tony Stark or Hank Pym. I think it is a version of Vision or Ultron that mm. turned out well, and that's why you have that's why you have those those Ultron bots. Uh, and also to who to who's going to be up there i feel like they're they are going to use what's on the table i think there is going to be a wakandan i think there is going to be an asgardian and like that wakandan vogel and i texted about this briefly yes i'm like i feel like it could be killmonger i think there there is oh, a version wow, yeah it where injobu be, became yeah. king and not t'chaka it could also be uh this universe's version of okoye I mean, yeah. she is someone who would want to protect her world, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, like, like the Illuminati, although I do think they are going to be sort of the antagonist, at least partially the antagonist of this movie, are just a bunch of people that are desperately trying to protect their worlds or their world uh, from whatever's going on. Right. Um, you know, I mean, to your point about Reed Richards, again, I don't know that this is where they're going to introduce him, but you could just as easily give us a Reed Richards uh, let's just say it's a John Krasinski up there who is a bad version of Reed. And then once everything is sort of fixed at the end of the movie, the post credit sequences, we see a John Krasinski in our universe walking around who's just a younger guy. Who, you know what I mean? Like there's a way that you could probably reverse that too and say, here was the bad version, but here's the younger guy in our world that is actually going to be the hero. So like you could do it that way if you wanted to. The, the the thing is the possibilities are so endless now that they're yeah. going full multiverse that uh that that like literally there's no way to tell. Right. Right. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. All right. Well, I mean, any more to say on this? Any more to talk about on this? I mean, I think we covered pretty much most of it cuz there's so uh, there's still so much that I see people speculating about. Um, especially the Christine situation, what her role is going to be in all of this. Because, I mean, throwing in America Chavez, which we you know, we kind of touched on, we, we don't know yet what we're going to get with America Chavez, how her story is going to connect in this, but what a way to get introduced through the uh, strange universe and through all this. And the costume looks pretty accurate. So I like that you see yeah. the shots of her with the star on the back. All of it looks pretty cool. So great, great stuff. Yeah, Mike. I mean, just really quickly on both of yeah. those, because uh, I know we're running out of time, but I think that America Chavez being able to basically punch her way through the multiverse Probably if you're trying to control the multiverse or fix whatever the issue is that, that Wong and Strange and everybody are discussing, yeah, America Chavez is either part of the problem or part of the solution. Right. Um, you yeah. know, like someone who actually has the ability to just do that, like it's kind of, it's almost like she's necessary for this story yes. so that you can easily traverse the multiverse because they need to. Yeah. Um, Christine is interesting because... A, we definitely, like we mentioned, we see our Christine getting married from right. our universe uh, and Strange not being the guy. Um, we see this other Christine in the Illuminati universe where Defender Strange or that versions of Doctor Strange might not be around anymore. Right. And then, you know, a lot of people have pointed out with the What If episode that if that, if that dark Tor Strange in the trailer is that guy, his story really mirrors Wanda's story. Yeah, I mean, here's two characters that lost somebody that they loved mm -hmm. and went to great lengths to bring them back. Mm -hmm. um, and in so doing, kind of became the villains of their stories. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that 
kind of introducing a somewhat like if you now have like my I didn't get to marry my Christine because I yeah. have whatever issues I'm having. Here's a version of Doctor Strange with Defender Strange that maybe he's dead and Christine didn't get to be with him. And then there's Dark Tor Strange who lost his Christine and doesn't get to be with her. And then Wanda's going around trying to find her kids and do her life. Like yeah. you have Doc, you have Strange and Wanda sort of running parallel storylines with loved ones lost and what that means for them. Um, and as Wanda says, oh, well, Strange gets to do what he does and he's the hero, but I'm the bad guy and that's not fair, so fuck you. So, I mean, there, it is in, in a similar way that they did with No Way Home, as we've been sitting here just conjecturing wildly and talking about all of this, sh all of this shit for 30 minutes, yeah. it sounds like it's too much for one movie. But what Marvel has proven really, really good at is being able to take all of these different characters and threads and ideas and references from the comic books and really streamline them into, this is a really clear, straightforward story. Yeah. Um, and No Way Home did that so well. And so, again, even though it does seem like a lot, it feels like they really know what they're doing. Yeah, we shall see. And what's Doctor Strange's going to reaction? What's Doctor Strange's reaction going to be when he sees Christine for the first time? Yeah, yeah that's it, you know, back in, in life, you know, it could be any kind of things. And we saw uh, what happened in the Dracula film with Gary Oldman when uh, Elizabeth came back and uh, without a writer. So okay, all right. Well, there we go. We we broke this thing down. We went deep into this thing. We probably didn't even cover a quarter of the multiverse of theories that are out there about what's possibly happening. But I think. We did a damn good job of it. Uh, and so uh, we hope we entertained you all as we had the discussion about all these Super Bowl trailers and, of course, gave our tribute to the great Ivan Reitman. So thank you so much for watching or listening to us here on the Geek Buddies. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow this universe's Michael Vogel, it's at MK Tune. If you would like to follow this universe's John Roca, it's at The Roca Says. Or so you think. Uh, Michael, what do we have to tell him? Um, well, as the multiverses collide, we just want to get more fans from all the universes, all the variants watching the Geek Buddies. And here's what you can do to help us. Uh, definitely hit that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Leave your comments about all of these trailers. Are you excited about Nope? Are you excited about Moon Knight? Are you excited about... Lord of the Rings. Rings like a of <laughs> and most importantly, what are your crazy theories about Multiverse of Madness? Where do you think this movie is going to go? Let us know in the comments below. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available, take a minute to leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it to your social, send it to your friends, and tell everybody that they should check out The Geek Buddies. <laughs> and one big thank you again to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors The Geek Buddies. Certainly, they would have their hands full trying to take care of all the people in the multiverse, but I think they've got the capacity to do it at one of their clinics. They've got 90 clinics in 14 states, virtual care in 24 states. So many places you can go to get checked out, carbonhealth.com. Don't let it sit. Don't let it wait. Don't be a man about it. Go get checked out and find out what's going on. Go get a physical. Go get tested for COVID. If you're going overseas, they offer testing for you there as well. Again, carbonhealth.com. They believe great healthcare should be accessible to everyone. Quality healthcare accessible to everyone. And certainly, they've been a great sponsor of our show. We appreciate them madly. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Take care of yourselves. Uh, we will have more content coming down the road. Look for a Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers trailer reaction and a season finale and season review for Peacemaker coming up later on this week. Until then, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from The Geek Buddy!
Boys! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.